Hey everyone, welcome back to Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. And I'm Sierra. And today we have our friend David on. What's up, David? Nothing much. How's everybody doing? We're good. <laughs> I figured I'd let Sierra answer that one. <laughs> um, Sleep deprivation has set in. Yes. <laughs> We're also leaving for vacation in like a day, so it's like that procrastination period where we haven't packed or done anything beforehand plus, yeah plus we have a doctor's appointment at like seven in the morning yeah so <laughs> but um bad. today we're gonna be covering nightmare on elm street part three the dream warriors i added some extra words in there it's a nightmare on elm street three dream warriors um i had to convince sierra to watch this one we actually were supposed to cover it with david it was back in october now right I believe so, yeah. And we had to back out. Sierra was pregnant, and this was when our uh, scheduling kind of got thrown off. So we're back, and I figured, fuck it. And I'm no longer pregnant. Woohoo! We'll do this. <laughs> and I, I haven't watched this movie in years, so I wanted to see if it held up as my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street Don't sequel. ruin it. I won't ruin it. We'll Don't jump into surprise. it. So enjoy the episode. Or don't. Or don't. That's up to you. We can't tell you what to do or how to live your life. It's 1987. Do you know where Freddy is? There's no waking up from this nightmare. Nightmare on Elm Street, part three. All right, so Nightmare on Elm Street 3 was released in 1987. It was directed by Chuck Russell, who, after this, directed the Blob remake. Okay. Um, it was written partially, kind of, sort of, by Wes Craven, but um, also by Bruce Wagner and Frank Darabont, who... Writes the Walking Dead series. Does he have a ponytail? No. Who's the guy with the ponytail? I fucking hate that guy. Greg Nicotero? The guy who's always on the Talking Dead afterwards. Yeah, that's Greg Nicotero. I He's like special him. effects. Like the I know. Best I, it's, like... It's, I'm not saying I hate him as a person. I hate the way he looks. Kind of, that's kind of messed up, Sierra. He's got a ponytail and he's old. It's just like, come on, man. <laughs> cut the ponytail. It's time to let the ponytail go. <laughs> Alright, so, um... He's no Tom Savini <laughs> looking buff on his birthday. That's true. That is true. So you're saying that uh, if you were to choose to date Tom Savini <laughs> or Greg Nicotero, you would pick Tom Savini. No, because you're going to turn this into a weird thing that I'm obsessed with Tom Savini and I'm not. You're the one that went to he's looking buff on his birthday. <laughs> that's, not, that's not me being weird. That's that's an obvious thing. It's a straight thing. fact. Yeah, it's a fact. I mean, he posts shirtless pictures of him with a cake every year. Do you like those pictures, though? No. <laughs> All right. Well, like, they're, like, it's fine that he posts them. It doesn't, like, you don't dislike that he posts them. It's just, like, we're not like, ooh, Tom Savini, 62-year-old. 72. Hottie. 72. Damn. <laughs> he does look good for 72, though. Like, he's not my type, but, like... All right, let's get on to this. Do you look forward to the pictures every year? <laughs> <laughs> 
kind of. <laughs> but not the weird <laughs> Like, is this, like, is he ever not gonna be buff kind of way? You buy a calendar, and the only date that's marked is Tom Savini's <laughs> birthday every year. Gotta I mean, I kind of look forward still... to you guys talking about it, so. <laughs> it, comes <laughs> up, it, it comes up in conversation more than it probably should. It's like, man, Savini's birthday is coming up quick. <laughs> is it coming up? I, I think it's in the fall, isn't it? Um, I feel like he's shirtless. It's probably the winter. Fa- fact checking, November third. <laughs> oh, it is the fall. It was right the first time. Look at that. It'll be. He's right a around... Scorpio. You can't trust him. It'll be right around the corner. Fucking Scorpios. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> um, the no. movie currently has a six point six on IMDb. Um, I'll read the but description. But not a six point six six. That's Am not I... metal. It might continue. All right. Um. So. I'll read the IMDb description here. This is written by Dynasty Noble. I hope that's their real name. Me too. Dynasty, if you're listening to this, hit me up. Um, what a great last name, too. <laughs> noble. How noble is So, uh, the description on IMDb, a psychiatrist familiar with knife-wielding dream demon. Sounds like a dating profile. <laughs> um, Freddy Krueger helps teens at a mental hospital battle the killer who is invading their dreams. I like that it doesn't just say... Like, Nancy. I mean, they might not know who Nancy is. They never watched the first two movies. They only they skipped right to the third. You're right. <laughs> That's more likely. So, uh, some background on this movie. Uh, Wes Craven, when the first film was made, he didn't want to make it into a franchise. He didn't think that it could be turned into a franchise. I wish that they stuck with that. Sierra doesn't, uh, heads up, Sierra does not like Nightmare on Elm Street, so she's going to be bitter this whole episode. I'm probably the only person in the world that's not a huge fan. So, um... Come at me. We'll, we'll, we'll get into all this. So, uh, he had nothing to do with the sequel, and to my understanding, he wasn't a fan of the sequel. I could be wrong. Number two? Number two okay. would be the sequel, yes. I think you are right about that. Yeah, so, um, he agreed to return to write the third one on the basis that the third one would be the last movie. Well, that didn't happen. Yeah, so his original idea for the movie was pretty much the plot for New Nightmare. He wanted to have Freddy Krueger coming to life and killing the cast and crew of the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the the they studio, weren't ready for that yet. Yeah, the studio shut that idea down. They said, absolutely not. So he worked on a script that... I'm not going to go into any detail with it because you can look it up online and there's... Long, long, long things describing what the script, the was. script was, and it's kind of like the characters are all there, but there's some changes here and there, um, sort of similar for the most part. But Bruce Wagner and Frank Darabont ended up coming in to rewrite and kind of repolish the script. So they pretty it. much came in and was like, "Wes Craven, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Get out of here." Um, I want to say Wes Craven started working on a different project, so he entrusted them to work on it. Nah, he was probably like, fuck you guys. And like, was like, just take it, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> fuck you guys. You know, you know, like when you're like, you're, you've, you've done something and it's just still not working and then somebody else comes in and you're like, kind of like, they didn't necessarily do anything to you, but you hate them because they're taking what you've been doing. It's like that. I guarantee it. You lost me, but anyway. <laughs> I've never worked at a school. So um, so... I, the only thing that I, I'll say, to my understanding, um, what I read, at the end of this movie, um, it, it ends with, uh, what the fuck is Why it, are you going to end the movie? 
Well, I'm just because I'm not gonna bring up like the original script again. But um, Neil, the main doctor in the movie, it ends with him going to sleep, and the the thing of the model of Nancy's house, the light turns on, mm-hmm. and this kind of it, it was taken as Freddie was still alive. Mm-hmm. In the original script, um, Kristen says that she's moving to New York at the end, and Neil asks her if she sees Chris or. Yeah, Kristen says she's moving to New York, and Neil asks her if she sees Nancy in her dreams at all, and she says she sees Nancy every night. So when the light turns on, it was supposed to be implied that it was Nancy still like watching over them. But they took that out. But they, yeah, there's they don't even I don't even know if that scene was ever filmed. Mm -hmm. It was just in the original script because this was going to be the last film. Um, The second one what didn't do well, but this one did really well. So they decided to make another one after this. A little bit of background, Patricia Arquette, who plays Kristen, this was her first film. And now she's in that show on Hulu. Yeah, she became a a huge actress after this, but... um, She couldn't act in this, though. No, there's some... The acting in this movie is, like, half and half. Like, some of the people were really good, and then some of the people... I didn't like Neil. Fuck him. (laughs) He, he didn't bother me too much. I'll tell you why later. When we get into this conversation, I'll talk about Neil. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm really bummed out. Oh, and out. Kristen called herself Kirsten. The reason she did that was, uh, I found that too, in the original script that Wes Craven wrote, her name was Kirsten. So I like Kirsten just... better than Kristen, but I, I do have to say, like, they should have fixed that. That was a very obvious fuck up. <laughs> yeah, serious. <laughs> like, the second scene she was in, she's like, did she just say her name was Kristen? Because I'm pretty sure she said Kirsten before. <laughs> um, she doesn't even know her own name. Yeah, all of the male, like the young male actors on the set, all had a crush on her. She is really pretty. They not used, not now. They but used to. Then, well, yeah. I think I think now I think for um, the show on Hulu, the act, I I'm sure that they like did her makeup and shit to make her look older and kind of. I hope so. Cause yeah. She looks like rough in that show. Ooh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they used to like go to Robert England and ask him for advice and like ask him if they should ask her out and everything. I thought that like, that was pretty all funny. Of them? I hope. That, I don't know about every I single hope she, one. I hope but... she went on a date with that nerdy one. Will. Yeah, the one that couldn't walk very well. That guy. Very well, he couldn't walk at all. He was in a wheelchair. In the dreams, he could. So not very oh, well. well. We'll get into that. But <laughs> um, another fun fact: we brought this up on the show a few times, but. The glove that's in Evil Dead 2 as, like, the the Easter egg to Nightmare on Elm Street. You see Freddy's glove hanging up in the, it's this the one. tool shed. It's the one from this movie that was taken. Um, Let's talk about the movie a little bit. Okay. I mean, fuck my little fun facts. I guess They were all right. They we'll were that fun. Right into the movie. They were, they were boring facts. I didn't even get into it. Alright, so I guess since Sierra does not want to hear any fun facts on the movie, we can jump right into the uh, plot. It wasn't me, it was Max. He doesn't like them. He was like, wow, Dad, what a a lame Everybody knows those facts. (laughs) Alright, so the movie starts out with the song Into the Fire by Dokken? Dokken? I don't know. Uh, the, the song was made for this movie. There's actually a music video with clips from the movie. And at the end, Freddy wakes up and the music video was a dream. And he says, wow, who were those guys? 
<laughs> it's really fucking like the eighties, man. <laughs> what a time to be alive. We weren't. Time, yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I will say too before we get into this, the director of the movie decided to bring in a more comedic, dark comedy tone to the movie, which carried on throughout the sequels of this. So, Freddy going from being, like, a really scary character to comedic one-liners was kind of his fault. We can blame him. I mean, I, I don't know. David, what's your stance on it? Because I, I love the first movie because it... I, I think it genuinely is scary, and I think that that really is the downfall with this later sequels. I was going to say, because I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat, because like the original film, when I first saw it, terrified me. Just the thought of like not being able to sleep and something coming from me in my dreams. And I didn't see the second one until much later, um, but I used to watch this one and then like some of the other comedic ones. I don't mind the comedy so much in this one. Like, I feel like of all the films this one balances it the best yeah where he's still kind of scary but then like from here it does kind of i mean almost go into more of like a comedy with just some scary things that happen mm -hmm. along with it yeah it's like especially I, when you get to like dream child and freddy's dead it's... i just feel like freddy in general he um he just gets less and less scary the longer this franchise got torn on for it like exactly it just like got sillier and sillier, to the point where like if I was right. Robert England, I would have been like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. He loved it. He a lot of the one-liners and stuff he like improvised. So he's cheesy as a human being. He's 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 probably one of those guys that have really good dad jokes. Probably, I could see oh, that. Sure. I could see him having like, good he's dad like, jokes. And like his kids are like, oh please just stop. <laughs> <laughs> we get it, Dad. You played Freddy once. Can you stop saying welcome to prime time, bitch? <laughs> I wasn't even on prime time. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree. And I think that that's really one of the issues that I have with this movie is there's a lot of times throughout the movie where you do kind of start feeling uneasy and it could be a very scary movie, but I feel like it's kind of ruined by the humor that's thrown in. I wonder if that's just their way to make it like more appealing to a younger crowd. You know what I mean? Because like... Not everybody wants to go out and get scared, but everybody wants to go out and see the new movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I I will say that I'm going to talk about it more later on, but this, I remember this being my favorite sequel of the franchise. Um, I, I'll discuss later whether I think it holds up or not, but I, it, when I think of Nightmare on Elm Street, this is the movie I think of. Okay. Like, I, this is the Freddy that I think of. This is, like, the Is this the, the Nancy you think of? No, not really. Nancy, I, I think of from the first one. But I mean, like, I, I feel like this is a lot of people's go-to when it comes to the franchise. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I've, I've heard that this is a lot of people's favorites, yeah. favorite movie. Um, I think that this is definitely the best, and, and my reason why I'm saying that, and I haven't watched the rest of the movies in a long time, but the reason I'm going to say that is that this, this, I think this movie was successful for me because it didn't have a shit ton of Freddy in it. Yeah. Yeah. I know what like, doing this viewing. He's not really in it a whole lot, to be honest. No, I would say I maybe, really, it didn't feel like he was in it more than 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Like, he really had very few, few moments, very few lines, and a lot of it was hinting that he was there. You know what I mean? Like, you'd see, like, the kids get scratched or, like, 
what I, like you'd see it in the real world what was happening in their dream but you wouldn't see the actual dream every time and I think that that's actually a more scary way of going about it rather than showing what their nightmare is I think it I think it's an interesting way to see it is to see them reacting to the nightmare opposed to actually seeing what they're dreaming about yeah I but I, I think that with that plot and that feel if the few times that they showed Freddy were more scary and less more Tom, minors Tom and jokes Tom, yeah. and everything I think that this would have been more effective as a horror movie for me I'm not saying that I dislike the the cheesiness the this movie's just pure 80s. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, But it's one where... If I'm in the mood to watch a Nightmare on Elm Street movie... This is going to be one. No. I'm, it, it's like broken down. Like, I want to watch a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Do I want to watch a scary one or a funny one? What would you consider a scary one? Because like, The first one. Really? And the second one, I, I think, has, has a lot of horror elements to like, it, too. Uh, this one... Okay, so... This is where this one gets lost for me because I already defended it by saying it's it's better because it didn't go as cheesy as some of them did. But I'm gonna also come out the other end and say, what's up with the fucking claymation looking Freddy head thing that's trying to eat the chick? The <laughs> giant worm. Yeah. We'll we'll get <laughs> we'll get into all that. Let's we'll start from the beginning. Um, so it shows Kristen. It starts out with her trying to stay awake. Um, she's building a model house of, of Nancy's house. Nancy's house from the first movie. Um, one thing I'll say is that this movie seems to ignore the second altogether. There's right. no mention or anything of anything that happens in the first movie or the second movie. Sorry. Um, Makes sense though. If Wes Craven didn't have anything to do with the second film, and he wrote the majority of this one. Yeah. Um, so. Kristen's mom comes in, kind of tells her she has to go to bed. She goes to sleep. She starts having a dream, and it's Nancy's house. Um, I think that this is a really interesting scene because it's more of a nightmare world than what you see in the first and second Mm -hmm. movies. So the first movie, everything kind of seems normal when they're in the dreams and then Freddy pops up or something happens eerie that pops up and it I think that's kind of where the first one is a little bit more effective for me too Mm -hmm. is you never really know if they're dreaming or not and then something weird will happen and you'll say okay this is a dream like um perfect example in the first movie I love the scene where Nancy like walks out in the hallway and she sees Tina in the body bag and it's just like a very creepy scene but it's in this you have this whole other setting of this like abandoned house and all this weird shit everywhere and you kind of know when they're dreaming well, and when they're awake because there's the part where they all go into the dream together and they wake up and they're like oh that didn't work and then they realize like 10 minutes yeah. later oh wait we're in the dream world <laughs> got it yeah i guess that's true but, just dep- I think it just depends on, like, right? Because Freddy changes what he's doing to, based on fears, doesn't he? Yeah. Or am well, I getting he, too much into Freddy Well, now? no, he, he feeds off of the kid's fears, and that's what makes him stronger. Yeah. Depending on what you go by, because in this movie, he claims that the souls of the children make him stronger, so... In his tummy. Yeah. Does he eat them? <laughs> so, um... That was really bad looking, too, by the way. <laughs> I just put it out there, the faces in his stomach, like... Yeah. Um, so, Kristen wakes up, she, I guess this is 
I, I guess I'm kind of contradicting myself, but Kristen does. She thinks she's awake, and she goes to turn the faucet on, and the faucet grabs her, cuts her wrists. And then it looks, and like, it she looks like she's trying to kill herself. Now, I know I said I wasn't going to go into the original script, but the original script of the movie had it that... You fucking liar. <laughs> all, of the, uh, all of the kids that were in the institution were from all over the world and they kept going to a specific spot to kill like but try and one, commit the suicide kids. and the, yeah they turned it into they were the last of the elson street kids which i think i prefer it makes more sense yeah, me yeah. Too. and especially if they were going for this being the last movie it would make sense that oh you're the last of the elm street kids and it would give reason to why it would end after this movie yeah right um so Kristen goes into the mental hospital, and this is where you see Neil. And I, I like this scene because it introduces you to all of the characters in a unique way, I guess. Because Neil's walking through the hallways, and he's, you know, saying hi to everybody. And he, you're kind of getting these glimpses of all the characters. Like Jennifer, for example, she comes up and starts talking to him. And she asks for her cigarette privileges back because she's showing that her burn marks are better. Mm-hmm. And you kind of learn a little bit from each character just from the scene. Yeah. And I, I, I do, that's what I do like about this movie too, is that it it develops the characters very well. Yeah, it does. It develops all the characters. Now, why I hate Neil, he doesn't believe in Freddy, and he reminds me of Neil from a San, from the Santa Claus, oh who doesn't God. believe in Santa. And that's <laughs> why I don't like him. Um, I, I, a downfall of this movie too, well... Not really downfall, but I was kind of disappointed by it. Um, Lawrence Fishburne's in it. He plays Max, who's like does, one of the orderlies. He's really good in it. He's actually one of my favorite characters in the movie. Well, that's, that's why, like, he he's credited as Larry Fishburne. I was going to bring that up. I love that. He's credited yeah. as Larry. <laughs> yeah. But um, he, he's such a good actor. I love Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. And I was kind of hoping that he'd be in the movie a little bit more. Max. Especially because he is, like, I, I love his character in it, so mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping he'd show up more. But it's kind of just every once in a while he'll pop in. Um, but so Kristen's admitted into the hospital, and she starts freaking out because they're trying to sedate her. And she starts singing the Freddy Nursery Ryan, the one, two, Freddy's coming for you. And Nancy comes in and finishes it. And they kind of have a bonding thing. And he Kristen goes, what hugs was her. That ride? And she goes, it's just something the kids say to keep the boogeyman away. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Nancy's walking with Neil in the next part, and she drops her bag, and Hypnostil pops out, which Neil investigates later. It's an experimental drug that stops dreaming, which I. You good, dude? <laughs> he very violently ended that bottle. Um. One, one thing that confuses me about this movie is that I feel like they brought up the hypnosil and they made it really important. Like, I'm putting them on hypnosil, I'm putting them on, on hypnosil. And they never got put on it? Yeah, it kind right. of, like, hints that they were going to get it in. It, it just, it never brings it up again. Like, well, it brings it up, but it's not like... They don't well, that's the weird thing it. too is I don't feel like it ever comes up in like any of the sequels either until Freddy, Freddy vs. Jason. Jason. Yeah. Yeah. And then because I mean watching it this time I was like oh so it's introduced back then but I know for like I went and saw the fourth one not too long ago mm-hmm. and it's not in that and so it's just crazy to kind of introduce it not use it but then all these years later we're going to come back to it. Yeah I, I thought it was weird. I wonder if it's almost because it was like 
if we do this, then I mean the problem's solved. Right. Yeah. So, but but at the same time, if that's the case, why bring it up? Like I, I feel like the whole Hypnosil storyline was unnecessary. I want to know how Nancy heard about what was going on with these kids if she left. Well, she yeah. Like, how did she know that this was happening again if she wasn't there? Like, I mean, I wonder if it's something where it's coincidental, like she was studying dreams and maybe she had been assigned to this because the kids were having dreams maybe. or dream problems. Or I wonder if maybe it's something that she planted herself in there because she knows when they have the meeting, like, you're the last of the Elm Street kids. So, right, I'm wondering if, like, when she was at school, if she kind of kept an eye on like the news in that area type thing where they didn't introduce it but then that's kind of i guess supposed to be implied that she kind of going into this type of like work that she was kind of wanting to get back there once she saw that it was popping back up again yeah never explained it right but yeah so the the hypnosil thing it it did kind of bug me a little bit but it's whatever i didn't like the bitch lady who ran the program (laughs) dr sims she was a bitch i don't like it was like she she was like we were watching it and i'm like clearly like they didn't do any research on how a psychiatrist talks to people oh yeah because they were like straight up like your dreams are fake everything you believe is fake well not even silly and i'm like not even that i don't think a psychiatrist would ever say those things not even that. So the the first person that dies is Philip, and he's oh, yeah. he has really good effects on this scene. I'll say when he uh his like oh yeah the the veins like as the yeah the puppet because the he marionette cr- puppet he makes marionette puppets in the movie, so he pretty much becomes a marionette puppet. And Freddie, <laughs> Freddie uh he's tired. <laughs> um, Freddie, you know, kind of big shot of him above the hospital with the marionette string veins on him. Um, so Philip's the first one to die, and they're at, like, the group the next day, and the doctors are like, Philip was a coward! He he quit! He took the easy... And I'm like, Jesus, man! Yeah, like, they would never ever say that to people that just watched a suicide happen, like... Yeah, right. or, like... Yeah. Say that about someone who like committed suicide. Nobody's gonna be, especially a doctor, is gonna be like, "They're a coward. They took the easy way out. They quit on us. They gave up." Like, jeez, tone it down. <laughs> um. So, I'm trying to think. There's really no deaths for a while after that, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, because I think the next one is Jennifer. Yeah, okay, so Jennifer happens a little bit later on. Um, is she the head in the TV one? Yes. Yeah. Primetime bitch. Yes. Got it. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I think that's actually right after Philip's death because she convinces Max to let her stay up because, because she's Philip like, I can't. Because died the night before and she was she didn't want to she couldn't sleep. Yeah. She really couldn't sleep. Right. She said. So while all this is going on, um. Nancy and Nancy's trying to convince Neil that Hypnosil is while all this is going on Nancy's trying to convince Neil that they should subs- yeah, subscribe prescribe the uh all of the patients Hypnosil to stop their dreams until they can find 
another solution to what's going on. Um, also, one thing that I, I didn't bring up, Freddy attacks Kristen in her dream, and this is the part that Sarah was referring to with the giant worm Freddy. Um, funny thing about this, so they made this giant machine Freddy worm thing, the special effects department did, and when they made it, they said it looked like pretty much a giant dick. Yes, essentially. <laughs> um, so they were trying to figure out a way, because they only had like an hour before they had to shoot the scene, so they ended up just throwing a bunch of green goo on it, which is why when you see him, he's like covered in green shit, because otherwise it looked... I think I've seen pictures too, because there's the Never Sleep Again documentary where it goes movie to movie and talks about them, and I'm pretty sure it shows pictures of I think it before, right, yeah. before they put the green stuff on it, and it does. It looks like a giant dick. <laughs> um... But this is where it's, this is where it's shown that Kristen has the ability to pull people into her dreams because she, she pulls Nancy into her dream to help her fight Freddy. Right. Um, so Jennifer is trying to stay awake. She doesn't want to sleep after Philip dies, and she's watching TV and she's burning herself with cigarettes she to keep her awake. Off. Yeah. You know the normal Freddy shit. <laughs> um. She sees. I love the. She sees Freddy attack somebody on TV. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, uh, Zaza Gabor. Yeah, which um, the host of that late night show, because it, it was an actual late night show. I don't remember the guy's name, but um, he picked her to be in the movie because it was like a fake episode that they were doing. Because he said that she was the dumbest person that he could ever think of and he would never in a million years actually have her on his show <laughs> <laughs> so he wouldn't have cared if freddie killed her <laughs> which is pretty savage i feel like too she's like she doesn't admit that it's a dream at that point either because she tries to like change the channel yeah and turn off the tv and she's like it's like bro you're in a dream and it's not gonna go off you just watched freddie kill somebody on the tv i don't think that that's something that was actually televised <laughs> So, um, she ends up getting giant robot arms coming out of the TV, and Freddy gives the His line... His head pops out of the top. Yeah, Freddy gives the line, which is probably one of the most famous, if not Welcome the most prom, famous in the series. Time, bitch. Yeah. Um, what do they do to his voice? Like, Robert England's voice, it's not just Robert England's voice, it's got, like, a filter over it, like, because it sounds, like, meaner. I don't know. Continue. I don't know. Listen I've noticed too that his voice in this movie kind of like changes it gets pitch deep and like tone randomly. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Like, look at deep. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. So, okay, uh. Something that strikes me here, though, was I don't see how any of the doctors could look at this death and think that this was a suicide. Yeah. And I almost think they should have, like, moved this one later into the film. I think yeah. it's almost scarier if they keep with the thought that they're actually killing themselves. Yeah. Um, just so that way it would just keep the suspense. Because I almost feel like that's kind of why the doctor ends up coming around quicker. Is there's no way this girl could like I don't know if she took a running jump is what they're trying to say. Yeah, is because how she was she lifted herself. off the ground. Like right. it's not like it was like a, a floor level TV you guys that have she never shoved her head through. Dove headfirst up <laughs> into a TV. 
You guys just haven't lived. She's like well, fucking when NBA, level, like. Done that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know that's the easier way of doing it. I really prefer trying to jump upwards towards it. I'm just picturing. I'm just picturing this now. That's how I practice now. my uh, my my jumping skills. I'm just picturing like an NBA slam dunk, but you know how she could have done it. Um, a pogo stick would have would have really helped. Right. Just have that but, sitting um, on the ground next to her. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, clearly a suicide. There's a pogo stick. <laughs> I would hate for you to make a movie, Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, there would be no questions to how things happened, okay? <laughs> Apparently. So, um... I think at, at this point, Nancy talks with Neil and is like, alright, I want to let you know what's going on. And they have this group where Nancy explains to them what's going on. This is Freddy Krueger. Which, by the way, this is the first time in the series that he's referred to as Freddy, because in the first two movies he was Fred Krueger. Which I think was kind of fitting, because if you're changing his character completely, you might as well call him something different. Well, Nancy, Nancy typically referred to him as, as Fred Krueger. Right. Yeah. In this movie. So... They have this group, and Nancy also explains that Kristen has this ability to pull people into her dreams, and this is going to be what protects them against Freddy, because they'll be stronger together. And this is kind of where the movie loses it for me. And this is where I remember the movie being less cheesy watching it when I was younger than it actually is watching it when I'm older. Right. And it made me kind of look at it differently, because... They do this hypnosis thing, and they get pulled into this dream. And Will, who is in a wheelchair, gets up out of his wheelchair and says, In my dreams, I can walk. My legs are strong. And I'm like, all right. I can see that. Oh, my God. Are you, and then, what are you talking about? <laughs> and yes. then literally right after that, in my dreams, I'm the wizard master. And I'm like... What? No, I think this game's getting weirder because like, like, I'm beautiful. And bad. And bad. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think that that's a dream and power. And they're like all like happy too. Well, they're, I, like, they're like, wow. So, so here's the thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, make fun of Will a little bit because he's like, I'm the wizard master, and it's like, all right, man, calm down a little bit. <laughs> but in reality, he's the only one that had a fucking power Dylan. because so they go, oh, Kristen, what's your power? And she does a fucking backflip. She does like a, a round off back handspring. Yeah, but it's like, shit. what is that gonna help you against Freddy? Yeah, it did help her against Freddy. She flipped and drop kicked his ass. Did you not pay attention to that part when Nancy like had to like shuffle over the tube thing that fell, and then the big guy was holding it so Nancy could shuffle down, and then to get the guy who was tied up with his tongues on the bed thing so he didn't fall into the flames, and then. While Nancy was getting him so that Freddie didn't bother her, Kristen came down, black flipped, and drop kicked him. I paid a fucking attention. It's still weird. That's a weird, out of all of the abilities that you yeah, could have. Yeah, but if they didn't explain that ability, it wouldn't have made sense for her to flip and drop kick him. And then Taryn's ability is, I'm beautiful and bad. And it's like, that's not an ability. You just gave yourself a mohawk and some switchblades. Like, <laughs> she does glitter on her chest. She yeah. was beautiful and bad, though. Ooh. <laughs> I don't blame Freddy for having a crush on her. And then Kincaid is like, oh, I'm really strong. And it's like, 
Alright. No, I just said it, it was weird, though, because he, like, takes, like, three minutes to bend the chair legs. <laughs> and he, like, pulls them one way and then the other way. I'm just like, okay, like, we gotta we gotta speed that one up. Like, we can't yeah, do this. You might be strong, but you're very slow. I love that he gives himself this, like, costume, too, where he's in, like, a fucking leotard. <laughs> and it's like... He looks right, like a cardinal like, strong you, man out of nowhere. You couldn't just be strong and wear your normal clothes? Like... <laughs> He, that he may have hands down been my favorite, my favorite in this movie because I feel like he was the worst actor. Well, he so, was really bad. So another story that I read about uh, when they made this movie. So Ken Sagos is who who mm-hmm. played him, and he went to audition for the part and he didn't want to he didn't want to do the part, but his agent was like trying to convince him that he should do it. So he went to audition for this part, and he ended up, like, standing outside in the rain for hours waiting to get in to do this audition. Mm -hmm. So he finally gets in, and the director was like, all right, just do whatever you want. Like, like, didn't even give him lines or anything. Just, like, just say whatever you want. And he was so mad, he just started yelling, like, fuck you, and, like, cursing (laughs) them out. And they're like, all right, you got the part. (laughs) Just do that. We just want you to beat that guy. And he, and he pretty, he pretty much, but like he really comes through with it. My impression of him in this movie is basically like, I don't wanna. That's essentially <laughs> like my exactly how I feel about him. Like he just didn't want to do anything anybody told him. That I he love. Probably do. I loved his reaction though when they're like, "We're gonna sedate you," and he's like, "Ain't nobody putting me to fucking sleep." I was like, "Yeah, that'd probably be my reaction." <laughs> He'd be like, the fuck you are, and jumps up. I'm like, yeah, that, that'd probably be but me. But it's like, he has, like, this voice that's not scary at all. Yeah. Like, he, like I don't know what it is. It's, like, like not threatening. I don't want to say it's sweet, but it's, it's kind of, like, like, the opposite of intimidating, though. Yeah. It's like if a little kid yells at you. Yeah. Yeah, like, you're like, oh, you're so cute that you're trying to be mad at me. Um, Ira Hyden, who plays Will, his voice sounded really familiar to me, but... It, I, I don't know anything that, that he's Which one is in. the one that doesn't talk? That's Joey. He's my favorite. Yeah, he so doesn't at, talk. At, at this part where they're showing everybody's dream powers, Joey is distracted by sexy nurse number one. Yeah, he's getting laid. By... <laughs> nurse Freddy. Yeah, Nurse Freddy. We'll go with that. Um, So this girl who's a nurse, like, seduces him and ends up, like, tying him to the bed with tongues and... He liked it freaky. <laughs> yeah. So, because of this, he doesn't die, but he's, like, stuck on this bed above what I'm guessing is supposed to be hell. This is the part that I was just explaining. Yeah. No, because that's the end, but yeah. Um, so, he's in a coma. and In the real world. Dr. Sims comes in. She's the bitch lady bitch that bag. you hate. Yeah, I yeah. get it. She comes in and catches them while they're doing this hypnosis thing, and she kicks Nancy and Neil, Neil out. She says that you're not allowed to be around here anymore. And she, this is what I thought was weird, too, is she blames the hypnosil. And she's like, oh, that's because of the hypnosil. But I'm like, they, they never, never brought the hypnosil up. They never had it. And I feel like they could have easily said, like, oh, we didn't even give it to them and, like, checked the medical charts. Mm-hmm. But instead, their go-to was like, no, it's not the hypnosil. It's something else. Like, just say, like, no, we never even gave it to him. Like, you can check. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because she's like, the suicides didn't start happening until you brought up that stupid medicine. Yeah. Got it. And um, Carver, who's, like, I, I guess, like, the head of the hospital, is here at this point, too. And he kind of shames them for doing all this stuff. Right. 
which I thought was funny because like the scene before this when he's asking Sim, when Neil's asking Sims if she could do it, she's like, I'll if you won't let me do it, I'll go right to Carver and he'll approve it. And then Carver's just like, what the fuck were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, so when they're leaving, Neil sees a nun in the cathedral, which we didn't bring up before, but at Jennifer's funeral, he sees a nun, um, Sister Helena, Mary Helena or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yes, it is Mary Helena. And um, so he sees her in this cathedral, and he goes up, and she gives the story of Freddy Krueger. And I've always been so back and forth on whether I like this backstory or not. It, it just seems really weird. But basically, she explains that Freddy was born because one of the people that worked at... It was like a nun that worked at the hospital was accidentally locked into a room with a hundred psychotic people over like a holiday break and she ended up getting raped by all of them and this is where the whole son of a hundred maniacs they're like he's the son of a hundred maniacs which it goes more into in like four and five Mm -hmm. yeah but i don't know i feel like I, i was okay with this explanation but when they go more into it i kind of well, I don't understand if you're gonna if you plan on ending the series here. Why I don't understand. Yeah, exactly, because that's just giving you more mythology to kind of play with. So if you're just gonna end it, like, and I, mean, I guess it's because of through this person is how they kind of learn how to defeat him. Yeah. But like, I just feel like you could do something else though too if you don't want to kind of introduce more mythology to keep everything going. Well, they could have not even brought up the Son of a Hundred Maniacs thing and just had her say, like, you have to, like, put his bones to rest. That's the only way to defeat him. The whole backstory. And this is what I... This is another thing with the franchise, apart from Freddy's cheesiness, that kind of kills it for me, is the more they dive into his backstory, the less interested I get. Like, if he was just a child murderer or whatever, and the parents killed him, I'm fine with that. That's a good enough enough story for me. But then they bring up he's the son of a hundred maniacs and he was raped or her his mom was raped by a hundred people and they don't know who his dad is and That's then really dark and then like right and it's weird too because it's such a dark backstory but they made the movies cheesy after that well like i think it's kind of inappropriate to make it that dark in this particular film as well because like this was really like it wasn't like the cheesiest film but it's definitely like more comedic more. than horror based so it was like why would you go that dark which would make sense in, in like, a really scary, dark film, but have, like, this kind of almost lightheartedness in this movie. Yeah, because Freddy's, like, cracking jokes and stuff. I mean, at this point, it almost seems like you're giving him an excuse to kind of do what he did. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of what you're getting at, where, like, in the first one, you just know he's a child murderer. And And he's going back for revenge, which is, that's that's a good enough motive. Right. Yeah. But, Sierra, you'll see, too, when we cover 4 and 5, which I'm sure you're I still want to know why he didn't just kill everybody's parents who burnt him. Like, wouldn't that have made more sense? Well, you brought up a good question, too. Like, why did he wait until the kids were older to go after them? Yeah, that was my other other big question was... But they eventually, too, like, in Freddy's Dead, which is part 6, they bring up, like, these, like, dream demons that give him the power to do all this. And it's, like... The further, the further, yeah. The further you go into Freddy's backstory, the more I'm just all right. It doesn't all add up at all. And I do want to bring up the son, the son of a thousand or a hundred maniacs. Like, 
let's be real, only one of them is his dad. Yeah. And it's like, at that point, does it matter? They're like, oh, you never knew who his dad was. It's like, does it matter? It's like, yeah. It's yeah. a psychopath inside this it. hospital. Yeah, it's, yeah, it'd be funny if it was somebody who was just, like, mildly, like, depressed. <laughs> like, <laughs> his dad wasn't actually a maniac. He was actually mildly depressed. <laughs> I, I, I do agree with what you said there. It's like, it, it does almost kind of give him an excuse to why he was the way he was. And it's like, I don't need that. Like, if you have that, he if you don't have, if you have no motive and you just have oh he was a fucking maniac who killed these people that's good enough for me that's actually like, scarier too exactly is it in what in one doesn't he like have a daughter that's that's freddy's dead that's, that's five six six yeah okay so um, I, I shouldn't talk about it but like if he was killing children like how did he have a kid they they go into it in that movie so we'll cover you'll, it eventually you'll explain it to me after we get off <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so, Sister Mary Helena, that's what I'm gonna call her, I don't know if that's exactly what it was. Yeah, it is what it was. I know there's Helena in there, but I don't think Mary's right. It was, it was Sister Mary Helena, or her real name was Amanda Kruger. Whoa, spoilers! I'm just kidding. (laughs) You were getting to it, and I just took it from you, bitch. Well, it doesn't show that until the end. It's um, his mama. Yeah, it's the ghost of his mom, which again, I think is kind of like, why did the... It's, it's weird. Like, the whole thing, the whole, that whole subplot is just weird to me. It do, I feel like it doesn't fit very I well. I feel like it would be fine if one of the kids or Nancy saw her, because they were, they were going into the dream world. Neil wasn't. Yeah. So, to me, it doesn't make sense that Neil would see something that wasn't there. And, like, why Neil, anyway? Like, right. it, it's just, like, a random character. I liked the visual of her. I thought it was very eerie when, like, when there's, like, a crowd of people and then he just sees her, like, almost, like, lit up, almost. Mm -hmm. Like, standing in the middle of, like, a busy corridor. Like, I thought the visual was really spooky and eerie and really cool, but it just, again, didn't make sense for this this movie. And I did think it was a cool twist that it was his mom. Yeah, so, uh... But she was no fucking... Like, I'm sorry. His mom was probably a druggie. Let's be real. Whoa, Sierra. She was a nun. She wasn't a nun. She wasn't a nun. No. <laughs> All right, so... In this movie, she was a nun. Neil was goes to find nun. Nancy and tells her that they need to find where Freddy's remains are hidden, and she says, well, I know who knows where they are. So they go see... My shithead dad! Nancy's dad, who's played by the wonderful John Saxon. Um, he looks like he'd just be a shit dad. Like, <laughs> let me impregnate women and just, like, go get milk and never come back. That's what he, that's what he strikes me as. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> he's in this scene and he's drunk. And, like, he says one thing and Sierra's like, he seems kind of rapey. I'm like, well, he's drunk. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, oh, so he, that's normal to sound rapey when you're drunk. Well, he, he said, like, one thing and you're like, well, he sounds rapey. I'm like, he, he does. He's creepy. Um, His face. It's, it's, <laughs> he's got that face. Um, he's, he tells Nancy basically, like, you know, you're, you're imagining this, none of this is going on, just forget about it. So, they get a call that, or no, the buzz, the beeper goes off, Neil's beeper goes off, and... They put Kristen into, The um, solitary Solitary and gave her, like, sedatives so that she... So Nancy says, I'm going to go find Kristen, and Neil Neil's says... like, I'm going to deal with your dad. Yeah, and then Neil all of a sudden is like... Sweater vest, man. A, a badass. He, like, grabs John Saxon, throws up, he's like, you're going to tell me where... We're going for a ride. Yeah. 
one thing that actually confuses me here is why is he spiraling when they were already divorced? So, like, why would he care if his ex-wife is dead? Yeah. It's just, like, the whole thing is just... <laughs> well, I mean, like, I know, you know what, I kind of get that. Because, like, I feel like it, whether or not, like, your relationships work out in real life, like, if you had children with somebody, I feel like whether you are still on good terms with them or not, like, there's still probably a connection there that makes you feel sad, like, memories yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but this guy, like, his whole life was over. Like, he, he was drunk in a bar all the time. And I think like, he's actually they, a security guard now. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, he lost his job then. Like, he sucks. And, like, <laughs> like he killed a guy. He burnt a guy. True. So he, that, that got away on him a little bit. His wife doesn't like, his ex-wife left him. And, like, she's doing way better without him until she died. I don't think she was doing better without him. she did. She was, like, an alcoholic. <laughs> well, yeah, that's better than him. He's fucking creepy as hell. And guess Very what? He's job. an alcoholic, too. So, huh. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And then he dies. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Nancy goes back to the hospital, and Max, Wait, does he die, though? Larry Fishburne. We named our son after him, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't be mad about that at all. <laughs> I, like, change what he's named after every time I find a new Max in movies. It's like, yep, that's him. That's, that's where we got from. One. It's like, Sierra, this movie just came out, like, last week. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's the one. Um... He, Max won't let Chris or Nancy get to Kristen. Um, Kristen ends up falling asleep, and they all end up in this dream world. They all find each other in this fucking Nancy abandoned ass house. Them. Yeah, they all end up in this dream world in this abandoned ass house. And Kristen pulled. Explaining this very poorly. Nancy hypnotizes them, and then Kristen pulls her, them all into her dream, so they ended up in the padded room with them, and they all get giddy, and then Freddy starts slicing up this cushiony room. Well, I love... Now continue. I love, um, when they all get together. So, he runs into Taryn. Freddy runs into Taryn. And it says Taryn and Freddy on the wall in a heart. Yeah. So I think Freddy Loki has, like, a huge uber crush on Taryn, but that's never confirmed or denied. There's a shirt by the company London 1888 and we've gone every you convention every convention we've gone to they're there and they have this shirt and I always look at it and I'm like I'm gonna buy it and then I never do but it has Freddy from the scene with the needles on his fingers and it says dare <laughs> like it's a dare <laughs> shirt yeah. and then on the back it's like the Freddy plus Taryn and the heart. Yeah, that is a really good shirt. That's that also the shirt. one that has like the drowned Jason one, right? Yeah, they have yeah, like yeah. a. And yeah. they have the chains. They they did the exclusive one last year with. Yeah, the with Kyle Leatherface and and. Nubbins. Nubbins and the chainsaw. Yeah, but um. Sweet I, I I'll buy that shirt one day. I will fucking. Wear I it. think that we should buy all of the shirts from them. Um. Because they also have a really good Gremlins one. So Freddy kills Taryn here. He, which, you kind of get this glimpse. Of the when the kids aren't afraid of Freddy, he loses his power because Taryn starts fighting back, and he you see she like wounds him, she stabs him, and he's like whoa whoa, and he like kind of cowers back a little bit, but it doesn't go any further into it than that. Mm -hmm. And he pulls out the drugs, and like wanna get high, and and then her like her like <laughs> track marks like like are huge and funky and they're like pulsating, which is such a creepy scene. Ooh, it was, it like, is creepy. Yeah. It was, like, gross. Yeah, like, it wasn't, like, and it wasn't something where I was, like, oh, okay, that's kind of gross and cool. That I was just, like, that's kind of 
silly. There's and a gross. few there's a few scenes from these movies that really gross me out. I think the worst is uh I think it's part five with like the girl that turns into a cockroach. Oh yeah. And she's stuck on the glue trap and it's fucking disgusting. But we'll get into that in a later episode. Um so Nancy Kristen and Give me a second. Will? Not Will. Will. Oh, oh. So he runs into Will next, and with the wheelchair. Will, Will like destroys this wheelchair, and this he starts with the "I'm the Wizard Master." And he gets a cape. <laughs> yeah, he has his fucking Dracula cape, but he starts again. I'm the Wizard Master, and I'm like, dude, calm down, man. <laughs> but he like shoots lightning. He like Darth Sidious's. <laughs> I stopped holding up his legs. That's why he's crying. He, like, Darth Sidious's Freddy with the fucking lightning. <laughs> and Freddy, I guess, like, is stronger than that and comes and kills Will. So then, I was rooting for Will, the wizard master. So then uh, Kristen, Nancy, and Kincaid. Yeah. You know what? I just want to take a minute here. I am fucking terrible with names in any movie, and I know everybody's name in this movie. I, this is the episode, man. This is the fucking episode. You've conquered your time to shine. Con- you got it. This is my time to shine. <laughs> Next episode, I don't know what we're covering, but I'm sure I'll forget everybody's fucking name again. <laughs> so I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna pick one with like a shit ton of characters. <laughs> oh god. So um, like Final Destination <laughs> movies, all of them. <clears throat> so uh, can Kate. Oh, Kincaid, Nancy, and Kristen all meet up, and Kincaid needs to start acting like a badass. And he's like, "Yo, Freddy, come out here, you pussy!" <laughs> like my hero. Take that out of his mouth. He's just getting mad because he's trying to sleep. Oh yeah, bitch. Yes. Um. Well. The, I, the, okay, I rewinded this part like four times too. <laughs> so. Uh, they're calling him out, and all of a sudden this door appears. Oh, and there's yeah. this, there's this giant door, and they're What's staring that? at no, they're staring at it for like the longest time, and it's it's silent for so long, and then finally Kristen goes, "It's a door." <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, it's a fucking door." They didn't know. They were like, "What is this thing here? I don't get it." So yeah, Kristen yells, "It's a door," and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like some of the, some of the lines in this movie, I, yeah. I gotta say really really out of place but they go through this door and this is where they have this like final fight with freddy and while they're doing this um nancy's dad fuck i celebrated too early (laughs) what's nancy's last name thompson sheriff thompson (laughs) um security guard thompson him and Neil. Mr. Thompson. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Thompson. Gonna... I'm gonna take him. You okay. finish up. So while all this is going on, um, Nancy's dad and Neil. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna go downstairs with him. I guess. Wait, never mind. Okay. Yeah. Um, Nancy's dad and Neil. They are in a junkyard, and they find Freddy's remains, 
every time I start talking. <laughs> they waiting. find, yeah, they find Freddy's remains and um, they start digging a grave. And Freddy kind of senses that they found him, and he disappears from fighting Nancy and Kristen. And he goes to the junkyard, and I love this scene. I think it's very well done because all of the cars start starting up, and like engines are revving, the lights are coming on. It's and a creepy place for sure. It is, yeah. Um, Mick Strawn, who was part of the makeup effects and special effects and stuff, actually, I, from what I read, he was the one that contributed all of that. And it was so well-liked and well-received that that's why they brought that whole place back for the sequel. Oh, makes sense. Well, the sequel to this, it's part four, but... Yeah. Um, so, Freddy's skeleton comes to life and starts fighting them and kills Nancy's dad. He throws him back into this, like, spike. And Freddy goes back to fight Kristen and Nancy. And... Yeah, well, there's, like, a whole scene of them in, like, this hallway of mirrors, and the mirror, like, Freddy shows up in all the mirrors and is pulling them in, and this part, I think, really suffered from the special effects of the 80s, like, the limited things that they could do with what they were trying to do, because it just looks really off, and he's, like, they're, like, half disappearing in these mirrors and stuff. Right. Um, but Nancy's dad shows up, and ends up killing Nancy because it turns out that it's actually Freddy. So Nancy dies, and Wes Craven actually, in his original script, had Nancy dying. He wanted Nancy to die because he felt... I don't know... I don't know exactly why, but he... I think his thought was, like, I created this character, I'm gonna kill her, and, like, he wanted the franchise to end at the third one. So he figured, you know, I'll kill the main character. Um, but Joey shows up at the mirror part and he like screeches or screams or yells and it breaks all the mirrors. And Kincaid's like, you found your dream power. <laughs> Which is weird though, is that I know they kind of said earlier in the film for him that he had some sort of trauma where he can't talk which is weird that when he goes into the dream world that he doesn't have the ability to speak yeah until like this point which i mean i'm fine with this scene where he finds his voice it's just interesting to me though that i mean then again he is tied up by freddy for the last like 15 minutes of the film so he didn't really know that he had a dream power until now yeah it's really weird too because in uh nightmare on elm street 4 he comes back as a character and he's like talking no problem like totally normal like right has no issue <laughs> so um sorry i'm like zoning out so neil ends up getting freddy's remains in this hole and spraying this like holy water on him and throwing the cross and putting his body to rest and his light he starts shining all these fucking lights on him and freddy essentially dies that's how they defeat freddy in this movie um they wake up and i kind of don't remember too much from the ending after this which is kind of bad because i watched it 
yeah, they went, oh, that's right, they go to Nancy's funeral, and, um, Neil sees Mary Helena in the distance, and he goes over, and Kristen comes over, is like, oh, who are you, like, looking for, or whatever, what's going on, and it's the grave for Amanda Kruger. Right. And it says, like, Mary Helena, Sister Mary Helena on the bottom of it. So this is where, yeah, this is where it reveals that it was Freddy's mom the whole time. So uh, then it goes to Neil, and he's sleeping, and he has the model of Nancy's house, and it ends with the light coming on in the house. And then Into the Fire by Dokin <laughs> plays over the credits to this movie. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street 3. We did it. Boom. <laughs> so. I think the title makes sense. <laughs> Sierra <laughs> thinks the title makes sense. Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree do want to, um... I don't know. Anything you guys want to add on the movie? Sierra, you're way the fuck over there. You want to come back over here? You want to lay the baby down and come over here? No, I'm comfortable. I need you to, like, give your rating and stuff, so you're going to have to come back over. <laughs> I will say, though, like, the ending, how they kill Freddy in this one, I think is perfect for if they were going to end the franchise here. Just because I yeah. feel like that's the way of, like, cleansing everything. And, I mean, once you've watched the next one, again, it's how he comes back is comical. But yeah, I definitely feel like... This film does have such a good feeling that if they were going to end it here, it would have been just fine. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I feel like out of all of the ways that they defeat him in the later movies, this is probably the best way. Yeah. It's what makes the most sense. And um, I don't know if that was purposeful because with the later movies i don't think they had an intention of ending the franchise i don't think so, so. they might have left it more open-ended with the other ones to where they could bring him back right but yeah i agree i i think that had this been the last movie i would have been fine with how everything was tied up anything you want to add on the movie sierra now that you're back <laughs> Yeah, there's only one thing. Um, I'm going to say this movie consisted of babes and bad acting. <laughs> babes and bad acting. Yeah. Okay. Was it as bad as you were? See, this is why I didn't put him down. Was it as bad as you were anticipating? Um, this one I wasn't really anticipating to be as bad because I had seen it before, but um, I just am not huge on Freddy, so it was, it was definitely easier to get through because... It was laughing, Freddy, and I appreciate that. There you go. <laughs> I'm bad at, at, at continuously talking for a long time unless it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something. <laughs> no, I just am not a huge Freddy fan. I don't... Like... I just see Robert England with bad makeup. That's what I see when I look at Freddy Krueger. I just... He's not scary. And it's... And I don't know. I don't. I'm. I'm the the odd man out with the whole Nightmare on Elm Street craze. I can't do it. But this one was bearable. The awkward silence is real. Okay. 
So, that being said, what are you going to rate this one, Sierra? 4.2. 4.2 out of 10. Mm-hmm. The rest of them don't get above a 2, so. <laughs> All right. David, what do you got for this one? Um, for me personally, this is my second favorite in the whole franchise, and I do really like this film, even though I feel like I pointed out a lot of the bad things, but I feel like it's because I've seen it so many times growing up that... It's easy to start picking out, like, faults with it. Exactly, even though I... Are you still there? Oh, I think I unplugged. Can you hear me? Yeah, yes. I can now. <laughs> Um, yeah, even though despite that, I still really like this one. Um, I actually give this one a 9. Okay. See, my 4.2 is the 9 on my rating scale. <laughs> so we're like right if, on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're very yeah, 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 like I, I think that's a very fair rating because if I liked this series, I would have probably given this one a much higher rating. <laughs> okay, so um, what I'll say about this movie Growing up, at, like in high school and stuff, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, I fucking love them. Yeah, you did. You um, stole, you stole is... a whole set from your best friend's mom. I did. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I loved it. This was my favorite franchise. What's her and name, I, Colleen? I defended this series so much. Um, <clears throat> I, wa I haven't watched the movies in a while. We covered one and two, and I really enjoyed them. I, one, I, I've watched more times than the rest of them. Um, like any other. The series. first one, I the first one still holds up to me is like very high rating, like nine out of ten, ten out of ten. I don't remember what I gave it when we covered it. I think you gave it a nine. But um, the sequels, I haven't watched Dream Warriors in a while, but I watched four, five, and New Nightmare more recently, mm -hmm. and they really don't hold up to me as much as I. I remember them. Uh, they weren't. They aren't as good as I remember them being. Mm -hmm. um, this movie, it, it probably is still my favorite sequel mm -hmm. of them. Um, I think that the the comedy and the horror were mixed perfectly. It's just kind of, it's my same fault that I have with Evil Dead Two, mm -hmm. where I think it's such a good movie, but it almost like it really gets me down that they went a more comedic route than a more horror route mm -hmm. because they had something so good with the first entries to where they were yeah. very scary and they had that element and even this movie like I said before it has that potential to be a truly terrifying movie and I, I do enjoy too like you said Sierra that they they don't show Freddy a lot and it's kind of reminiscent of the first movie because you kind of have this looming dread that he's there mm-hmm but it's kind of a matter of when is he going to pop up and what is he going to do. But in this, this is where it kind of gets to more of a... You're waiting for Freddy to pop up and something scary to happen to you're waiting for Freddy to pop up and say something funny and something funny happens. Yeah, it's kind of like he builds himself up and then he, it, it the scariness just gets snuffed by... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By, by the comedy in it and and that's like it's just not my style and I feel bad being so critical of these movies because I know every like these are probably top dog horror movies like people love this franchise so much and I know and I, and I understand why you know it's very nostalgic for people it's just like when when I watch it when I'm in the mood for a scary movie I want to be scared you know mm -hmm. yeah. and it's like uh, I think it was 
I think it was John. We've had John on. He's an amazing person, but he he's even he's like, well, if you, you know, like a, a horror movie doesn't necessarily have to be scary to be a horror movie, and it's like, yeah, but like I just don't like that. Yeah, everybody has different preferences. Like, I'm I, trying to get nicer with it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand. And like I said, I'm... So what are you rating it? Well, I'm getting there. <coughs> like I said before, it's it's something where I don't dislike it. I don't like it as much as I remember liking it, but it's still my favorite sequel of the sequels. Um, it, it's something where if I want something horror, I'm going to watch the first two. If I want something comedic, I'll probably go to this one. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think it's well done. I, th- I think the special effects were good. The acting, like I said, is 50-50. There was some really good acting, and then there was some really bad acting. Um, I feel like most of the younger actors were not good, but like probably most of their first movie. Yeah. Um, soundtrack was solid, like all these movies, besides the fucking into the fire I, I i i really i i'm i might be in the minority with this one but i really fucking hate the whole like period of the 80s or 80s 90s where they started giving all of these movies like their signature how heavy metal song felt, <laughs> how would you have felt that instead of this song they put nightmare on my street in there I would have been happy. <laughs> Nightmare on My Street is a solid, a solid song. <laughs> um, Dylan jams to that all from October first to October thirty first. <laughs> but uh, as as far as rating this movie, I think I'd probably give it like a. I'm gonna give it like a seven point five. That's still a good rating. That's fun. Let's let's average this sucker out. So, I'm sorry, I'm bringing this down real bad. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, wait, hang on. Um, nine plus four point two five. They're gonna know how it we gives do it. gives it an average of a 6.9, which the IMDb average is a 6.6, so we're kind of right there. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street 3. I can't yeah. wait to cover 4 and 5 with you, Sierra. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I can't wait to hear your thoughts um, on those ones. Um, Four. I remember those ones. Yeah, they get kind of... Do you, do you have to understand, like, we've been watching these movies, and it's been the intent to cover all of these, and the reason why it's taken so long is that I literally, like... I'll be like, let's cover Nightmare like, on Elm Street. And please, no, like, no, not that. Please, God, no. And he, like, he, he made me feel bad about it somehow, so I was like, I'll watch it. I don't have a problem watching it, but I do. I hate this fucking movie. I just, I just, they're just like, it, and it's not just these two. It, um, the big franchises in general, I get really worn out with. Like, I'm just like, okay. It's like the same movie seven times. You know, and like, the only friend, and this is going to sound biased because everybody knows it's my favorite, but like, I don't get tired of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise because it's all fucking weird and random shit that doesn't go together at all. Right. Like, all the other franchises are like, let's do it again, the <laughs> same way, the same formula, let's be funny now. It's like this, like, you know, Halloween, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and um, Friday the 13th. It's just like, they start out really strong, and then they just slowly get silly. Texas Chainsaw Massacre does too. No, I know, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the reason why I'm okay with that is that they're fucking weird and off the chain. Like, it's not like they're, like... Um, 
like in the. Sure, I dare you to go an entire episode without comparing a movie to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I won't because Texas Chainsaw Massacre is perfection, and every movie just should be trying to be as good as that. I, I want to know if our listeners roll their eyes every episode when you, <laughs> you no, bring they this should, up. That's the drinking game. They should be taking shots and having a great time by now. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're yeah. gonna have to set that up on an episode, the Horror Haven drinking game. I feel like we established it, like, years ago. It should be started. like every time you hear Dylan silence, but you know he's giving finger guns, take two shots, please. Oh, that would be fucking wasted. <laughs> yeah, he does finger guns a lot. David, where can people find you? Um, on Facebook, I have my um, page that I share my reviews to, uh, Horror Review. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at uh, Buckeye from Mish. And then on Instagram, I'm at David OSU87HFWW. You know, I still refer to you as David Osu. <laughs> oh, I've told so many people around here about that. And so that's. I try to, to get the... people to continue it on around here as well. Yeah, to this day, I'm like, David Osu! <laughs> like, Every time Dylan's like, oh, we're going to talk to David, I'm like, David Osu! And he's like, yeah. But you know it's not that, right? And I'm like, yeah, but like that's what I called him, so that's his name now to me. It's like, guys, I swear, that's my nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Some random person on the internet calls me that all the time. I, I do wear it as a badge of courage, or an, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with it, so it's all good. good. So uh, if you want to follow along with us, you can do so on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast, on Twitter at Horror underscore Haven. You can find us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're really, if you're really good, you could find our home address and show up on our doorstep. Why do you do this? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have any suggestions or ideas of movies you'd like to hear us cover, please just shoot us a message. Yeah, we've had we no... We probably won't cut. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We've had no schedule lately. We've kind of just been covering whatever we feel like watching that We week, also don't so. have co-hosts. We have friends that we hit up. Yeah. So... If you want to talk horror with us, hit us up. Yeah, hey, fuck it. We'll talk to strangers. <laughs> That's how we met David Osu. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like I said, we don't have any... Uh, any schedule going on right now so i'm not sure what we're going to be covering next so if you follow us on our social media whatever we decide we'll cover no wait let's play this if you follow us on social media and you hear this please suggest the scariest movie you have ever seen and maybe we'll pick one of those i want like super scary like i want like give me fucking nightmares okay dylan's like looking at me like please god stop but no i want nightmares Give them to me. Yeah, if you want to hear Sierra's comparison to whatever you think the scariest movie is to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> let us know. There's movies I haven't compared to it. Shut so, up. So, um... Shut up. Yeah, we also are going to be doing our next Century in Horror episode soon. Yes, I'm going to be doing research on that this week, so... Yeah. Hopefully we'll record it this weekend. Probably not. The baby will probably... No, we won't. We definitely won't. It's Easter and we're going to be in New York. Yeah. We'll figure something out. But, like we said, hope you enjoyed the episode. Give us a follow. Give David a follow. Show him some love. We love you guys. Have a good night. Leave a review on iTunes and tell us that we suck. (laughs) Yeah, do that too. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good night. Or not. (laughs) Good night. Oh, oh, good night. (laughs) Good night. Good night. (laughs) Good night. Good night.